Welcome to the number one podcast, where we give you an authentic look into the world's healthiest, wealthiest, and most inspirational minds. We talk about trending topics, bold ideas, and give you real-world examples that will inspire you to take massive action to become the number one version of yourself. Man, I'm super excited today. We are joined by DJ Thielen. What's up, brother? And, see you, man. Yeah, man. I'm super happy to have you. Um, dude, we were just chopping it up and you were spitting so many bars at me that were just like so inspiring that I said, we have to have you on the podcast. There's no way we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I think it would be cool just to maybe go in a little bit of, of your backstory for the people who don't know you, because I mean, you have a great past. You were a former professional baseball player yeah, yeah. and you played for the Giants, right? Yeah, San Francisco Giants or yeah. 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 So you played for the Giants. Um, I mean, you've got a hell of a backstory, bro. And like, you've been crushing it. You've been on stages with Ed Milet, with Grant Cardone, with numerous other big names. Yeah. And um, somebody you should know, guys. Somebody, yeah, somebody you should yeah. know. Absolutely. I'm going to pull your mic okay. in just a little. Bill, yeah. Be liberal yeah. with the mic. You can hold it. You can okay, do whatever. It. Yeah, bro. Yeah. But um, dude, tell me a little bit about like, how was it being in playing professional baseball? So, so basically it was cool, man. So I, uh, in 19, so my, my, um, actually to add something to this whole story, um, about manifesting, right? Yeah. So when, uh, my mom died, kind of mixed the timelines here. So my whole dream was I want to get to the big leagues, retire my mom. Right. And so I'll come back to when I signed and when I was 19 and all that, but, um, uh, like peeled a different path, which I'll get to. Um, my mom ends up dying in 2010 and we didn't have a dad around. Right. And so, um, so when that happened, we were going through her drawers and I told my brother, I just want memorabilia. Right. I don't mm -hmm. want like, you can, we can have like family come over, take whatever they want. I just want anything that I gave her that was heartfelt. And she actually had a drawer that had stuff for me and my brother. So I'm going through it. Dude, I come across this piece of paper and uh, my whole like hair on my, I, I mean, they were like, dude, what happened? Like they thought like I saw a ghost, right? They're like, dude, are you okay? Like, you know, but I was reading this and I just couldn't, it was so crazy. So she had this piece of paper that was like this big. I still have it actually at home um, from the third grade Miss Harris class. And it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote mm -hmm. on the piece of paper, when I grew up, uh, I, I played baseball. Uh, I'm in the minor leagues. I was like, what, 11 years old. Um, I'm the best player in the minor leagues. No lack of confidence, right? Which it takes, <laughs> yeah. I guess, belief. Uh, and when I grew up, I want to play uh, professional baseball. Um, and I went on to say that um, I talked about the Pittsburgh Pirates. They, my favorite team is Cincinnati Reds. But my favorite players are Dave Parker and Willie Stargell, who play for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So... What's so crazy about this is that I thought about this and wrote it one time in third grade, right? Um, fast forward many years later, and I got a chance to, I was a San Francisco Giants six pick in 1991, which we'll cover. And then, um, so I got to play professional baseball and I was, I've bought and sold thousands of properties out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So it wasn't, it didn't manifest exactly like I wrote it. But like close enough to yeah. go, whoa, that's awesome. Like that was insane. But the funny thing was, um, 
is that I wrote that one times and thought it, one time in the third grade and like put it in the drawer. Right. That's insane. Yeah. So when you think about like the power of, of what we speak, the power of our words and, and written word and written words, right. That, that like, what if I had looked at that every single day? What mm. if I had, you know, would that have manifested exactly like I wrote it? You know, I, I don't know if that would have had any difference. Um, but, um, so that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty insane, um, on how that really got me thinking and really slowing down to, to consciously think of, man, I really got to get serious about like being careful of the words I speak, uh, creating vision boards and doing these things. Cause if I wrote that one time when I was 11 and it manifested and I never looked at it again, what can I, what can I do if I write something and focus on it? Yeah. Right. So, but, but kind of rewinding. Yeah. Signed in 91, um, was 19 years old. And, uh, for any baseball people listening, uh, my first year, so they had, there's different levels in the minor leagues, like life. Right. So there's, there's like, when I signed, it was the first year they had what's called rookie ball. So rookie ball was designed for, like teenagers, uh, a lot of guys from the Dominican Republic, things like that, that were young coming over. Yeah. So if you were a teenager, you were supposed to go to rookie ball. And then they had short season, single A. So you have rookie ball, short season, single A, high, a uh, single A, high A, double A, triple A, big leagues. Okay. So, uh, so my scout was like, dude, he was, you know, junior college player of the year. He ain't going to rookie ball. Right. He's going to Everett, which was like short season, single A playing with guys from Cal State, Fullerton and right. The big schools. So here I'm 19 years old in a league. Um, and there was there was me and, and three other teenagers in the league. Uh, a guy named um, Sean Estes that pitched in the big leagues for a decade. Right. A guy named Mike Hampton who pitched in the big leagues for a decade. And then, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? I'll think of it. He was rookie of the year. Uh, Todd um, uh, uh, Hollinsworth. He was a rookie of the year for the Dodgers in the mid nineties. Wow. Played for a decade. I, I was the only one that didn't. What happened to me was I was climbing the ladder, um, going through a lot of ups and downs, which you know I'll, I'll relate to here. But um, as I was just catching really i was super talented i was one of our top prospects but i didn't have this i didn't have mm -hmm. like the i didn't understand uh what they meant when they said hey don't let the highs be too high and your lows be too low i'm like mm -hmm. how Just do you stay, do it? like stay fuck, in the middle. Yeah, yeah like i'm like well cool but like how do you do how that do right yeah. <laughs> it was like they spit stuff at you and just leave you hanging and i'm like okay i'm 20 like <laughs> if, I, if I struck out, man, I'm busting something, you yeah. know, I'm, oh, I'm breaking man. a bat, throwing a helmet. Yeah. So I didn't understand that. And then, and then as I, as I started maturing right before life pillar, different path. And, uh, that's when I started really catching traction and understanding. And, and, uh, so I was, I would became more consistent, you know, I wouldn't hit five home runs in three days and then strike out, you know, 20 times in, in a week. Right. Yeah. So I was, it became more consistent. Um, and, uh, and as I was just, you know, getting traction there, um, to get to the major leagues, met a gal after a game, we got together, hooked up, had sex, she gets pregnant. I'm like, are you 
freaking kidding me, right? Like the, <laughs> like the, yeah, like, like <laughs> just, the, just like what in the heck? And so talk about God having different plans. So she, and, and the, the crazy part is I've never really shared this, uh, with any, anyone was, which I didn't know. Um, she was actually, she went to a ball game, um, had kind of broke out of a drug rehab facility in Los Angeles, Narconon. She was there getting clean. Thankfully, uh-huh. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Um, she comes to see me. We get together, right? She gets pregnant. And so, um, one wonderful person now, you know, fixed her life, which is great. And so, um, but that was like a big turning point. So not having a dad, I always said, man, when I have a kid one day, I'm going to be there, you know? And so here comes a kid. So he was born, had some minor breathing issues. Um, he was born April 1st, uh, 96, uh, Devin, uh, last day of spring training. I flew home, uh, and he was, the, he was already born and, um, held him. And I'm like, you know, he, he was, he was kind of, uh, the cord had been around his neck mm-hmm. really tight. So he's having some trouble breathing. And I'm like, man, I'm not leaving this kid. Right. Yeah. So that was it, man. And, uh, you know, held him and laid down with him. And I'm like, I'm going to take this year and figure out life and I can go back. Yeah. And I never went back. And that was like, that was it. And so, um, and that was really tough, but, but look, it's funny, man. At, I'll be 52 and I was telling you right in in a month actually August 5th yeah but it's like when you're going through stuff so many times in life when we're young we think we can only see what we're going through you know like man I'm going through this why me why am I doing this and I can tell you man if you're going if people are going through that listening to this just have faith be patient because I guarantee you, you'll look back and go, oh my God, that's why I went through that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, like everything that happened. I had abuse when I was young. I was sexually abused. I grew up very poor, had no dad. Um, uh, and everything, hated school, right? Yeah. Everything that I went through was like, okay, I went through, I didn't have a dad so that I could be the dad I didn't have. Right. I didn't, couldn't, I didn't know that at the time I was just pissed off and like angry at my dad. Yeah. And so, um, but it reveals itself down the road. Yeah. And so a lot of times when people are going through things, um, and not having money, right. What did that do for me? Um, I, I was very creative. We go to the arcade and, um, everyone that knows me, like has, I've, I've shown them, friends and things. I learned how to play video games with pennies at 10 years old um, by flicking the penny into the coin return up and hitting the same thing. Mm. I learned how to play with straws. I could go to like the Donkey Kong Pac-Man games yeah. and and learn where to put a straw. <laughs> this is true shit, man. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and, and rack up credits, right? So at an early age being poor, it taught me to like completely think outside the box. Yeah. yeah. And that, and what that did was by being able to think outside the box in life now, again, at the time, kind of sucked. I couldn't have things that my friends had. You know, I wanted a pair of Jordans from eighth grade graduation. My mom couldn't afford them. Hmm. But then fast forward many years later, 
And that ended up being a blessing because everything that I did in, in business and real estate was always different than what anyone else was doing. Because I right. could look at things. Yeah, you're getting creative. Get creative, right? You could look at. I didn't. I didn't live in a box, and so I think that people that are going through stuff, if they can just understand that, man, just just hang on for one day. Like, let me just hang on for one more day. Let me go on YouTube, watch a Ed Milet video, watch something positive, listen to a Joel Steen message, like something to just make me feel better, um, to just get through this day. And just know that in a year, two years, five years, 10 years, you'll look back and go, man, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like had that, had I not went through that, man, I wouldn't, I would not be able to uh, be where I'm at. So, right. And so, you know. There's a man I could rip on this all day, but um, no, no, it's, great, it's, man. it's this is all solid stuff. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, well, you know, Pat, but you know, we had Pat on yesterday and like just that nugget on faith and just like trusting the process is super yeah. important, but I definitely can relate to that. I mean, I, I squatted for a summer in college, you know, and like at the time I'm like, this just sucks. Like you're yeah. ducking and dodging. I didn't want anyone to know that I didn't have rent money. Uh, and so I had like, I was paying for school, but I had no money for rent. So I, I literally just snuck into campus housing so i could take like calculus and some other engineering uh bullshit at the time right so i did it and then you look back on it but like those experiences frame how you approach life of like what's acceptable or not in like terms of effort so when i talk to other people and like you're just going through the grind you always have that experience it's like look i i literally squatted you know for a summer just slept on a futon with no furniture like like nothing uh, the, the futon I got out of the dumpster. So a bunch of kids moved out. I was like, I need a place to sleep. So I grabbed the futon. It, it was on the second floor. Like I climbed the balcony because I didn't have a key. Would go in through the sliding door, and that's where I lived. I just lived on campus illegally. Yeah, uh, so those experiences definitely like at the time I because I remember very much how it felt at the time yeah. to uh, just have that level of, of anxiety and discomfort. But it definitely helps you like when you are grinding and working like at work and just working on the weekends and like all the extra stuff that you do, mm. um, you know, that you talked about, it, it definitely makes, it makes a big yeah, well, difference. I think so. it, what it really does for a lot of people is <clears throat> I think, and we were talking about this with Pat yesterday. That's why it's so cohesive. Yeah. Um, sometimes like we all have this desire in us. It's an innate desire to achieve something, mm-hmm. whatever that may be is different for everyone. At least it should be. If you're yeah. really on your path and you're connected to source in your own way, yeah. you'll understand where you're supposed to be going. If you are not going in that direction, life has a way of course correcting you and it's not a very comfortable feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you, it could have been, you know, doing, doing what you're squatting. I had a lot of course correction. I've had a lot of course correction <laughs> because I, I've, and it's so crazy because my mom used to tell me, she was like, you know, it's really, it's not, look, life's hard and you're never going to walk out without trauma. But she said, if you stay connected to God and you really know where you're going, she's like, he makes it pretty easy because he tells you where to go. Yeah. And then she was like, but your problem is you're always going in the opposite direction. And yeah. you're like not listening to that voice. Yeah. And that's true. And so, I mean, I've been homeless. I slept on Melissa's couch for three months while I was getting my shit together while my business was failing. And then ended up sleeping in a storage unit. And that's the reason why I'm such a grinder today. Yeah. Because before that, I was the lowest producer <clears throat> in every company I ever worked at. Sales related, I was the bottom, bottom barrel. I was like the guy fucking off all the time. And after that experience, when I had to work because I was sleeping in a freaking storage unit, 
Bri, I'm the hardest worker at every single, every mm -hmm. place, every endeavor. I will do whatever it takes to make it because I know what it's like now. But life course corrected me in a direction so that I'd be back on my path because I was going on a whole nother journey that oh, I wasn't yeah. meant for. And so I do agree with that statement that it's so important for whoever is listening that if you are in a position of discomfort, like this is your time. Like you need to just understand that this is meant for you. This is embrace the discomfort, embrace where you are right now and be like, look at it with a different perspective instead of like you open the conversation with, which was why is this happening to me? Cause that's a victim mentality, yeah, yeah, right? Yep. You shifted your frame of mind to this is happening for me. And unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately you typically can't connect those dots until you get through it. And then you can look back and be like, holy shit, look at how my life changed because of this. Yeah. This incident, oh, yeah. this moment, this relationship. And, I, you know, the biggest, biggest, uh, probably the biggest uh, shift <clears throat> that happened for me, which, which this is, is, a, is a nugget, this will help a lot of people, um, is when we're, when we're young, right, we, and it's cool to have, like, great, you know, cool cars and things like that, but when we're young, we fall down. Mm. What's the first thing that, some, that our mom or dad or caregiver does? Here's a sucker. Here's this. Hey, let me get you something, right? So we're wired from an early age that external mm. stuff dictates how we feel. Mm. But in all reality, and so we we grow up chasing women, cars, houses, which is fine, right? I'm yeah. not saying like, but but never really going ah, and and then it it's cool for a quick second. And then I want another car. I want another girl. I want another house. Mm, yeah. And you wonder why, shit, man. Like, I got to keep like getting more. You, know, you, you try going you know, like I want better cars. I want a better house. So, and you're not you're not really fulfilled. And the reason that is is because you'll never be fulfilled. Because um, what I've come to know is that we were wired from early age that what happens to us dictates how we feel. But I've yeah. come to, when I start understanding how I feel will dictate what happens to me, <laughs> right? And in the morning, I would, that's why my, my routine for, I would say, uh, a good, solid seven years has been waking up, meditating, swimming, praying, having my coffee. Uh, when I swim, you know, after I meditate, I smile as I'm doing my gratitude and I'm feeling happy. As yeah. I'm doing that, and then it's like it's like a charging you, routine. Yeah, you just that I start my day feeling good, mm. and I try to just carry that through the day. That's, That's awesome. It. You said how how long you've been doing that? I've been doing that like every single day consistently for probably seven years. What wow. was the That's incredible? Yeah, what seven years ago when you started it? You know, plus or minus um, whenever. What was the decision like? What did that process look like for you to decide to do that every day? Was well, there an was, event was, or was there? <clears throat> No, I was doing it, but not every day. Consistently. And, um, and, you know, I was in a, um, at the time, you know, we wrapped on this. I was in a marriage that, you know, was not going to be uh, lasting, yeah. right? We'd been together for many years and, and she's a great person. And it just, there was some, some differences. Yeah. But what happened was I started going, hey, no matter what I'm going through over here, I can't allow that. So I really started to go, you know what, I'm just going to, even though this is going on, I'm going to see if I can go through my day and be happy, mm. right? Even though there's this stuff going on, maybe at home and, or maybe in someone's business, like I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can. 
and, and trick my mind or whatever, I'm going to set a vibration in the morning. You heard of Abraham Hicks, the vortex. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to create a vortex in the morning that is just positive, happy. And then I'm just going to do my best through the day to carry it through the day, not let things knock me off. So what I, what started happening was, um, is that's really, I think anyone listening to this, if, if they're going, if things are good, if things aren't good, especially if things aren't good is to focus on, Hey, me, let me wake up. Let me, you know, if they're a person of faith, let me do some praying, but let me get into some really gratitude, but feel it right. Like when yeah. I'm doing gratitude, I'm feeling it. I'm smiling. I feel the sun. And it's like, it, it puts you, I didn't understand really back then what I was doing, but now obviously listening to the Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza's and Ed Milet and all these people, um, you start realizing like, damn, I understand now that I was, I was changing my state mm. and which internally when I'm feeling good and I'm, and I'm happy, I'm going to naturally look at the world through a lens right. of, of, Hey, how are you today? Oh man, that caring, uh, loving, right. It's like you're vibrating on that, that, that level to where like everything you look at is, is you're going to just notice different. Whereas if you start the day and you're pissed off and someone does something, oh man, you know, this is bullshit. Why is this? And I have, I have now it's like that may, I may, I still have those, but <laughs> yeah. they're like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I get over it cause I'm aware of it. Exactly. And then I can turn the page and go, okay, let me reset. Like in my office on my wall, big flat screen all day long, positive images playing all day. Uh, uh, Italy, uh, tour walks, right. Monaco tour walks, like, like things to set my, my vibration, uh, in my energy. And just, um, because, you know, we, we have so much more control at a young age playing pro ball, especially man, I I strike out and freaking bust a bat, kick a helmet, you know, like, like, yeah. And it was like, I didn't understand when they said, don't let your highs be too high, your lows be too low. What they're really saying is, dude, you can control your thoughts. You can control what you believe. You can control your self-talk. You can control your emotions. It, for, for us, if you think about it, I can actually control my emotions. Like that's crazy. Cause we go through life, right? It's like yeah. someone cuts us off and, or especially on 95 right here in Florida, in Miami, yeah. it's yeah. like crazy. No, it's if you can control it's, your emotions on 95, start to finish. <laughs> you're doing you good. You have reached. I just did that on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm you working got on sweat it. coming down your back <laughs> just thinking about it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, but, but it's crazy, right? Like, and so when we're in those situations, the best thing we can do is start practicing that and going, okay, I'm going to choose this drive on 95. Um, my gal is constantly stressed out. Don't want to drive on 95. Hates 95. Baby, don't be on your phone. Don't do this. Are you okay? Are you okay? Be yeah. careful. Uh, be careful. Yeah. That's what I'm I like, hear all the time. I'm like, well, you, you're, you're te- you tell me to pay attention. You're texting me, right? Yeah. But, um, but <laughs> with that said, it's like, man, I can, I can actually, I have a control, total control over if I want to get pissed off at something or if I want to ignore. I was in the gym the other day. True story. Two days ago, I post on my IG. Big guy, heavy set, totally out of shape. Yeah. I'm doing lap pull downs. And I'm probably, I mean, I'll be 52. He, I'm probably close to his age, right? Yeah. And, um, 
and he's and he and and my gal was over here and i have my headphones in like listening to my trap music right <laughs> and i'm like my workout music and so um i got some good ones i'll send you too hey. but um but basically he's he's say, talking to me and she goes hey and she gets my attention and I take it off he goes something about um you know hey why are you letting the weight control you you got to do it like and i i literally didn't say nothing i put my wireless earbud back in and i went and start and uh because i would do planks and then i'd lift and do a planks and then right yeah. so and i just went back to doing my planks and completely ignored him yeah right so it's kind of like it, but you see so many people in life it's like they're going to their parents about opportunities or financial opportunities. And, mm. and again, I, I respect for people's parents. Like you should respect no. them. I'm not saying you have to say, I'm not listening to you, but if, but if somebody hasn't got the result that you're mm. wanting mm. and you're taking advice, it could be fitness. It could be uh, financial. Yeah. It could be, uh, you know, getting a mortgage, buying a house, like, but people all the time, they take advice from people. And the reason that they do this bullshit is they want to justify in their head, taking an the easy route. Right. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, well, uh, yeah, they listen to stuff. It's almost like if someone presents someone with a opportunity to buy a, an investment home, like we do, yeah. and they were to take that and it's a smoking deal. They can make a bunch of money. They take that to a friend. Oh yeah. I wouldn't do that. I Risky. know some person that did that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And then, but, but, and then they come back and it's almost like that person is self-sabotaging. They're, they're really subconsciously looking for a reason to not do something that truly is in their best interest and good for them because it keeps them at their comfort zone. It keeps exactly. them, it keeps them at the, Ed Milet calls it thermostat. It keeps them at that temperature mm. to where it's like, if it gets too hot, if I get too much money, if I make too much, have too much success, Man, now I'm like at 70 degrees, I go to 120 and wow. I'm overheating and it's not it's not normal. So, you know, all these things, man. And so I think people just need to be more aware yeah. of how much control like that we actually do have when it comes to our mindset, our energy, um and uh just life in general. Well, I think I think it's also wise, you know, piggybacking off of uh the previous sentence about par <clears throat> parents. I mean, there's things I, I will not share with my parents because I know that they're so risk adverse that if I share it with them, they're going to tell me. And I love my parents to death. They're incredible, both of them, right? And they want what's best for me because they want what's best for me. They're going to try to protect me. And the way that they do that is to, unfortunately, instill their doubt or fear into my progress. Yeah. And I don't want that yeah. because I want something different. And I, like I said, I love them to death. Like there are things that I and absolutely it would, And it would share. hurt your relationship if you did. So like, for instance, I just rented this whole new studio. It's 4,000 square feet. I didn't tell my parents until after I signed the lease because I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm telling my parents this. Yeah. They're going to tell me, <laughs> are you an idiot? Why would you do this? This is retarded. Yeah. And they just don't get it. You know? So I did it. I took the action. I made it happen. And the, I only consulted two people. I gave myself 24 hours. I said, I'm going to consult with two people only. And they're people that I trust that I know have been through this space. And then within the 24 hours at the end of this time clock, I'm going to either sign or I'm not going to sign. So I gave myself a deadline too. And I asked those two people. They both said, this is a fucking great idea. The, the, actually, the second one was like, this is a terrible idea. But then she was like, 
there's a backup if this shit fails you could rent this on airbnb and the numbers are insane and she's like that's the business i know so i i love the backup plan and so i was like all right i got a hell yes and then i got a backup plan from someone those are both positives i signed in less than 24 hours yeah yeah and I think that there, there's something to be said about taking progressive action, giving yourself a time limit, not sharing with people that you think may instill dear, fear or doubt, but then also being accepting of getting out of your comfort zone and raising that thermometer, mm. like you said. Because oh, yeah. if you're always going to stay at 80 degrees, you're, you're running at 80%. When you, gotta, you, got, you hit the nail on the head, something you didn't say but you said is, um, is I love it. I've spoke with him, and, yeah. and he's a, he's a uh, I consider him a, a friend. He... Um, and I've seen this thermostat speech, right? But the, the way to raise your thermostat is I got to get around people. If I'm a 100 degreeer, I need, and it has, it's not money. It's, it's energy, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the energy that people bring. And I think that, hey, if I'm a 100 degreeer, I got to get around the 500 degreeers. And then that 500 degree person is going to, it's going to pull me up to maybe 250 or 300, yeah. right? Maybe not to the 500, but, and so that whole, you know, I tell my son, if you're the most successful, he owns the sneaker store, right? Hey man, if you're the most successful person that you're hanging around, you're, you're not, I'm not, I want to say you're in trouble, but you're not going to grow. It's harder. It's just harder. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're, you're driving blind, off. right? Cause there's people who've done, this is how I think about it. Right. Um, there are people who have probably done what you're doing. You may not know them, but they're out there. Um, most people want to help people. They want to be around people. So, like, I've always sought mentorship because I know, like, I mentor people who are, you know, behind me. And it's like, those people want to help. You know, I think so many people are f afraid to find a mentor because, like, what can I offer them? It's like, guys, people, like, if you've spent a lot of time working on something, and I'm sure you mentioned mentorship earlier, like, you spend your entire life working on something, like, you want to share it. Like, obviously, there's coaching programs and there's transactions involved, but there's a point, I'm sure, where you just got, I just want to help more people do what I did or not, you know, tripping on as many hurdles as I did. So short, shortening that path is so important. And I think the, the easiest example for most people to get is going to be like, think of people in rehab, right? A lot of people relapse, you go through rehab, you stop doing drugs, stop drinking alcohol, whatever it is. If you go and hang out with the same people as before, who are doing drugs, drinking alcohol, that's where you relapse. But if you change environments, you know, if you surround with people who are just doing anything else, there's there's no triggers, right? There's no mental triggers. And a lot of it is just those triggers and like going through that routine um, that can either set you back or set you forward. Mm. And so I think finding that routine, finding those people who can give you that routine and like put you on the path is critical. It's not impossible. Like, you, like if, if you are the only person doing it, you might be doing it solo for a while, but like the sooner, at least that I've found that you find somebody who can guide you. Like when I, I bought my, I bought a sixplex when I was 25 and like I had a 30 minute phone conversation with a guy who had $30 million worth of real estate, 30 minutes. He was like forced, just fucking buy it. Just buy it, dude. He's like, he's like, we could talk all day and it, it's, it's not going to matter. He's like, just go buy your first property and you'll figure it out. Everything yeah. will be fine. Right. And that's, that's it's all true. it took was somebody giving me permission to believe in myself. Yeah. Right. And that's that, that was it. Yeah. I mean, you learn, you learn by doing, you know, so yeah. we, um, I say own, I'll say control. Um, right. Yeah. So it's like control everything, True. own nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, we control, um, 314 doors, um, have a small stake in a, in a bunch more, but at the end of the day, um, it's like, you know, 
everyone is on their own journey. But the thing, another thing I've learned in life is that you're never going to see the whole staircase, nor should you try to jump the whole freaking staircase, right? That's when you break your neck. So <laughs> like, it's like, Hey, like you did, let me take this step. Cause only when the, only when you take a step, do you understand, can the next step unveil itself? Yeah. Right. And, it, yeah. and it's going to unveil in one of two ways. Shit. That was a dumb move. Well, now you can pivot and you can, you can at least, but at least you're going forward. Mm, right. Yeah. And at least you learn a way that something doesn't work which is a great life lesson or um, like it's a lesson or a blessing, right? So I learned, I learned something from it or maybe it did. Oh my God, look at how great this, this worked out. Like when maybe you took the decision to get in the mortgage business, right? It was like, man, I'm doing this over here. I don't know what, but man, I don't know if I want to leave it, but I got to take a leap and maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But I think um, it's crazy. I've been coaching people for many years. I've, I've seen like in the common thread, is fear yep. it's, it's just like it's like i have a guy that texts me the other day on my holiday text text uh close to 800 people now i gotta add you guys to it yeah, yeah. on holiday been doing it for 12 13 years every holiday hey dj just want to wish you i've got a guy no joke it's been 14 years i'm not exaggerating in every holiday text almost every holiday text he texts me back i won't say his name but he texts me back, hey, man, uh, how much, I, you know, uh, hey, man, uh, let, let's talk. Hey, I want to get into real estate. Hey, are you still in real estate? Hey, um, do you, how, how, how long would it take me to get to 10 grand a month, right? Yeah. And, and I'm kind still and I respond and all of that. But it's like, here's, here's someone that is just completely uh, in their own way. Mm-hmm. And, and just like, I remember talking to him for three hours, 14 years ago. I remember where I was. It was at an expo center for my ex-daughter-in-law at a cheer event. Like, I remember this convo. And it was like, dude, you just have to freaking jump. Like, what do you, you got to stop being scared. Because if you go into a deal scared, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're fearing it's not going to work out. And then let's say that you do it. And then you're, and then you're going to be like, oh my God. And then you're, and now you're, you're like looking for everything that can go wrong so it can justify your mind. Cause another thing in life is our mind, the computer wants to be right. It, it will be right. Mm-hmm. So whatever yeah. we, if we believe something, everything that happens, if we believe that we go into a deal, it's not going to work out or like, man, I, man, I don't know. And I, Right then what's going to happen is everything that we look at externally is going to, is going to be through a lens to actually, we don't even know it's happening Sabotage. To, yep. to actually prove the mind. Right. Yeah. Oh, I think this person's cheating on me. Right. For example, that, that's a whole nother. Let's say someone believes that it don't matter if it's happening or not. If they believe it to be true, you see all the signs, everything they do. Oh, they didn't call me back. They didn't answer their text. Right. They didn't. Right. And all of a sudden, Manifest and, reality. We, and we maybe all have been through this. And so, at, but at the and end of the day, you might push them to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, no, but you know, what? So you they, they, they're the just head. like, I might as well. You, I might as well. You, <laughs> you have to know right. in the head. It's like, man, this person's being a complete jerk to me. Yeah. Right. Because if they believe, if, if someone believes that someone's cheating, whether they are or not, I'm not saying that, and I'm not advocating that. Okay. I I don't believe in that. I'm just saying if somebody believes it, they're going to be mean to them. They're going to be, and then what it's going to do is it's, they believe it's happening. So guess what they're doing? 
they're literally behaving in a way to make it happen, to make it true. Yeah. yeah. And they don't even realize that they're doing this. And this is the problem with society now is people act in ways that just lash out. They don't, they're not mm. understanding like, let me slow down, right? Everyone wants to go so fast, post five videos a day, listen to Gary Vee, post, post five videos on five things. And they, and they're oh God, they want to go so fast, mm. but sometimes it's, People got to slow down, take a deep breath and have time for themselves to reflect, to think, well, to that's meditate. Vital. That's vital. Oh, it's, it's I huge. mean, there's, there's so many things that I, any like substantial progression that I've made in life has come from a season of isolation. Mm-hmm. That's like by myself mm-hmm. with no distractions, no phone, no computer, just literally being in isolation by myself. And now some of it has been forced placed isolation. Like when I was in a freaking storage unit, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't want to be there, but I was forced. And then when I got out of the storage unit and I had to move home, I'm now renting an apartment for $500 a month, or I'm sorry, in a, a room in somebody's basement. And when mm. I would get home from work, cause I was paying off a boatload of debt at the time. When I would come home from work, I had no freaking cell reception. So the only thing that I could do, like I was in a fucking bunker, right? When I would get home. And so now for six to eight months that I was there, every night when I get home, I have no cell phone. All I have is a book. I have books. I could read books and I could be by myself and I could journal. And that is what gave me the ideas and the drive that I needed to get back to Miami in order to build what I have now in the mortgage industry. But that happened through isolation. And now I'll, you know, there's some of the biggest pastors I follow, whether it be Mike Todd, Rich Wilkerson, yeah, Mike Todd. you know, any of these guys, what they do is they, they'll go away for like a whole month mm. and they'll say, or they'll go away for a couple of weeks and they'll say, look, like everything else is on autopilot. They're running. And now I'm going to retreat and take some time away to be in isolation with my family. Nobody has my cell phone number except for two select people. And those are the ones who can reach out to me. But we need to be in isolation so that we can come up with the vision for the next season that we're going to step into as an organization. Yeah. You have no, to take that, that, that step back to like reflect. Like yeah. when you're in it, that's fine. You're grinding. And you have to take that step back. I wanted to touch on that too. Like when, um, you know, the desire to post. And this is completely ironic because we're recording a podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, the cool thing about long form and why I like this is you get to connect with people, right? Yeah. So, so much of people building businesses and brands is like just throwing it out there, throwing it out there, which is fine. You get it. Everybody does business, right? But it's harder to just build that trust with people. And that's based off an authentic connection and a base belief that that person maybe isn't out to get you, right? So much, so much, uh, at least in in, in Miami, but even just in life, like everything, things can become very transactional, yeah, right? And it's nice sometimes to just meet people and build a relationship and then when transactions happen pat talked about this yesterday it's like you have to do business anyways right so you might as well do business with people you like but it's hard to like people if you show up with this predisposition of um a zero-sum transaction or they're out to get you or they're going to stab you in the back you know whatever just like he spoke about with the cheating you're coming in with that mentality and now you're going to look for all the red flags whether they're there or not yeah like my my son says this all the time I can't find any good people. I can't find any. I'm like, first of all, number one, um, you know, with love, right? Because he and I are are tight, of course. (laughs) Um, I said, dude, you've got to stop speaking life into it. Mm. You're you're feeding Mm. it. You're you're actually feeding it. Second, so first, you got to stop. You got to change, not just stop what you're saying, but you have to change the self-talk. 
I can find, you know, med- and when you're meditating, do it. You know, it's, uh, I find people, people are attracted to me. I find people easily want to work for me, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you've got to change that, number one. Number two is that um, you have to become, I've got a whole thing um, that I, you know, call be, do, have. Be so do. everyone wants to have something before they've done the work absolutely or but they think well i did the work why don't i have it well because you you skipped the first step which is the foundation Mm. you've got to be not that you can't do stuff and get stuff but while you're doing it simultaneously i'm not saying like do this only first and then go to this you can do them all at once but you've got to be the person you want to be you need to become do the do the things you got to do and then you'll have it so like i was telling him I said, and I've learned this in my own life with businesses and all of that is like, there was a time when I was a shitty leader and I wondered why um, I had people that would, I'd pour into and I'd pour into and I'd pour into and they would leave my company, stab me in the back, say horrible things that were not true, like turn people against me. Um, and I'm like, how did that happen? Well, I was, I was just, I wasn't a bad, I was just a shitty leader, right? And so I had to take accountability and go, okay, well, First of all, like, um, like you cannot like somebody, right? People think, oh, I'm just going to, like, I pray for them. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, they're going to do their thing. And I need to learn from that and say, man, what did I maybe do? And this is hard. This is one of the hardest things. What did I maybe do to cause that person to try to want to hurt me or do or turn against me takes a lot of it does accountability yeah Yeah, yeah. like like what did i do right and i can look back and when you ask yourself that question your mind starts going there and going okay i did this i i I did this this way that probably caused them to think about this or maybe whatever right so then you start going okay i get it now and so now um like with a team right that we built and um and you go through that in life. And so I say these things because like I went through them. I did them wrong. I screwed up. I made mistakes. Um, and so I, I share with people and especially my son, said, dude, you need to change your self-talk. You need to look and ask yourself, why are you not attracting good people that will stick with you? And then you need to be the example. Dude, it's your business. You can't freaking expect anybody to outwork, put yeah. more work in than you. And if they do, they're going to want it. And if, They're going to want a, yeah, a large want a portion of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, so, but you have to be, you have to be positive. Think about this. I said, if, if I, if my phone rings now, right, you have people that you look and you want to take it and there's people you look and you hit ignore, yep. right? We, we all probably do. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. like I say, you want to be that person that they're like, oh, hold on, this is DJ. Hold on, hold on, Joe. Hey, DJ, what's up, bro? Hey, man, what's what's it's going on, mentality. man? How you yeah, doing? That's true, right? Because I said you've got to be you've got to be conscious of the energy that you put on other people. Because, like, if you're if you're the kind of person that that uplifts people and makes them feel good then they're going to want to be around you. Absolutely. But if you're, if you're, you know, if you bring, you're showing up, oh shit, I got to, I got to do everything. I got to do this. I got to do that. And you're bringing that energy. Dude, like you're going to repel good people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is valuable. Like that's, that's so key. Drew, you're really good at this. They'll just randomly like, Hey man, I appreciate you. 
like every once in a while. And it might be part of a practice you have. I don't know. I appreciate it. But just being somebody who just shows up positive is inherently valuable. And I think a lot of people um, are don't know what they have to offer or bring mm. to a relationship or when you're meeting people, networking with people. It's like, what do I have mm. to offer? It's like, just be a positive light, be Absolutely. a positive energy source so that when you call this person, it's like, oh, I look forward to this 60 second, five minute, whatever it is, conversation with this person because I know it's going to cheer me up. So yeah, just, no, just wanted to double well, down I think a lot that. of people, you know, and it's not really a part of a practice per se, but like oftentimes I'll just feel a certain way in the moment. Again, going off of your feelings, um, and I, I really try to pay more attention to the good ones than I do to the bad. And yeah. not that I want to be numbing or avoiding or ignoring at, by any means, because I do think that there is a place for you to really feel the negative emotions so that you could get to the core root of them and heal that. Right. But when you have a good emotion and you're like, you know what? I really just thought of this person today and I just want to let them know, like, they're fucking awesome. Yeah. Why would you not in that moment? Because if you don't, you're going to forget. Why would you not in that moment make the call and just hit them up and be like, yo, I was just thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, I was just, I was talking to one of my buddies yesterday who was going through something and, um, you know, my dad came up, we were talking about it with Pat yesterday and I'm like, he was like, dude, why don't you just call him? Just leave him a voice note or let him know like how much you love him and how, you know, how much he means to you. And so I did, um, I, right before I got on the podcast, I did. And when we got off of the podcast, I go into my car and my dad was just like, so happy. He sent a note back and I love you so much. I'm proud of you. This made my day. And I'm like. It's the little things, bro. Like if you feel in a moment, take action. This goes back to taking quick action. There's something about implementing quick action that will Mm. change the game. Oh, dude. Whether it's a feeling, whether it's a business idea, whether, dude, if you leave too much time in between the spark of creativity and the implementation phase, you will lose. I have a, so it's funny on the way here, my, my gal that runs our sales, Caitlin, awesome lady. I mentored her for a few years and then. A couple years and then she ended up coming on sales and i mentored her in that and you know awesome person and um uh she lives in connecticut and then josette you know we've just got a great team uh but the i was just talking to caitlin on the way up and i'm like and they know right I'm like did you put that those sticky notes on your on your uh in your new office the, there's three heart connection i want them mm-hmm. conscious of this heart connection the why, like, why are they buying? Why are they wanting to move? Why, right? The why, the emotional driver. Okay. And then um, speed, right? I yeah. t- I've been telling my team, like, consistently lately, speed. We're renting one of our properties. Speed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, getting to them first, calling them first. Because everybody, I'm telling you, people are freaking lazy. So, <laughs> lazy. I said, dude, I'm telling <laughs> like you, we lazy. just rented a property two days ago. On the 4th of July, a guy calls in. I let my team have it off. So I took the the the, the, the inquiry. Yeah. Um, we ended up working it out and went and saw it, loved it, blah, blah, blah. Um, quality family, like literally rented this property, top dollar, right, for one of our investors, good buddy of mine. And um, long story short, um, it's like he was getting uh, like 850 or 895 before we rented for 1195 right? So 30% more. And the people are quality, great credit, you know, close to 700 scores, a great job, good young family. And I asked them, why? I asked them like specifically, so what's making you move to this area when you're an hour away? Yeah. He said, DJ, he said, 
you guys were the most, the fastest to get back to us. He said, we've been inquiring on properties to rent that we liked, right? Like that we would see and like for five months. He just told me this for five months. He goes out of five months of all the inquiries, three people got back to us and you guys by far were the fastest. I'm not going to name names. Or sorry, I forgot you off this year. Yeah, yeah. No, but but so so my whole thing, and this is why I keep telling my team speed, because if if it's in everything, right? Yeah. Time kills. What's the old saying in sales? Time kills yep. deals. Yep. And but it's it's like if you can just act with a sense of urgency, in in everything in life, um, man, it just you'll you'll catch so many more opportunities and so many more breaks. You'll actually make your opportunities to be honest but yeah what were you gonna yeah. say I, I have a parallel story 100 so we were gonna move uh to a different place in town um just i mean we've been in this block since we moved here two years ago from new york city right um inquire like hey we can can we do a tour don't get back to us schedule it it doesn't go in their system it doesn't work so i'm i'm you know, you know me, I'm just like, I'm already annoyed. I'm yeah. like, come on, I'm literally trying to give you my money and you're making this as difficult as possible. So I call them again from a different number. I'm like, hey, I, I set up something, an appointment with this person. They didn't get back to us. What's the deal? Um, long story short, we finally get there two weeks later. I follow up like that day, like, hey, send me a list of all the units that we just toured. It doesn't come for like two more days. And then after that, I'm just like, you know, F these guys. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And then they like two weeks later, like, hey, you guys still interested? And I was like, no. Like I, I, I have a That's small crazy. window of time. Yeah. Like this is, I'm, this is an inbound lead. Somebody who is just gonna like, I was ready to just sign the lease like that day. And, and I would have moved. About, and crazy. think yeah. about how much that happened. That's why I tell my team when we're renting a property or, or selling whatever, um, if we call, if we're going to get with them within 15 minutes of, of a message, a DM, if it's through Facebook, um, if it's through Zillow, whatever we're getting with them within, I'm like, we don't get to them in 15 minutes. Um, like that's not acceptable, right? Because nobody else is getting to them. And so, but if we get to them quick, guess what we catch? There might be eight deadbeats, but we catch the quality one, Yeah, right? Yeah. We catch the quality one. And when we talk to them, we're high class, we're, we're very seasoned. So it's like, they're, they're going to, you know, we're going to connect with them and if they're a good fit. So that's how we, we catch people. But a friend of mine, we just came from his event, Mark Evans, one of them, 15 years buddy of mine, he, he's a, a mentor of mine. He said, told me this years ago in business. And I think in life, he, he has one saying, and I think about this saying at least 10 times a day, what would it look like if it was simple? Mm. What would it look like if it was simple? And so many times in life, in business, especially people want, Oh, I got to have this CRM and it auto replies. And dude, just pick up the phone and call people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just get like, if you look back and I'm not saying like CRMs are important. Um, I have a, you know, apps. I was showing you guys an app that I love now, um, is great. But at the end of the day, it's, you got, it's, it's taking the action, Absolutely. right? Like I, I, when I, when I started, uh, in sales at a Thomas guide, which you guys are too young to remember Thomas guide. You guys are like, what the fuck's a Thomas guide? <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it, dude, it's a map. It's a book this big okay. and you flip the pages. It's an atlas. It's an atlas. Yeah, and I had okay. to look there. Yeah. There was no talking like, no, like I remember the atlas. deals and I, and I would, I'd have to mark, right. And you'd have to go to this exit and you look literally on a map 
And I was running 40, 50 appointments a day when I first started, when my son was little in sales, selling security systems in home. And so having a notepad and writing stuff down, and I always look back to that, right? Not that there's not efficient, more efficient ways with AI, use AI a lot and stuff, but it's like, man, if you got a, if you got a phone, dude, especially one of these, right? You got an iPhone now, just that alone, you're, you don't realize how much farther ahead than you were at people that made it successfully with, with just literally a phone and a, and a piece of paper and a pen, right? You don't need all these complex systems. And in fact, a lot of times people's systems and processes are so complex that yeah, a, a confused mind doesn't buy. Right. Well, confused mind, they, they get, they, they get stuck. So I try to keep it simple for our team, especially. Um, and, but at the same time, like sometimes it's like when you have a lot of deals going on, like, you know, in the mortgage business, like, it's like, where's this file? Where's this? What's going on? But, but that's just part of it. Like, Hey, it's just communication, right? Keeping people updated, being organized. Being being a yeah. little bit organized, it's never gonna, <laughs> it's never gonna Bro, be like, perfect. I'm on this guy every like once a week. I'm like you got it. You do a great part of what he said though, which is just calling people, right? So that like ten X's that I take short, terrible action. shortcoming of never being yeah, organized. I'm, I'm but, the most. I need to start changing my language, but to date, I have been <laughs> you the used most to be. used disorganized to be. person you will ever meet. Yeah, calendars fucked up. Like nothing's in order. <laughs> I double book calls, triple book calls. I'm late. You know what I'm saying? It was just crazy. And, um, but I make up for it with massive action exactly. at so, all times. And you still, ha- and you're still having success, yeah. even though, so that gives, that should give anyone listening to this hope that I'm the same way. I don't even have a CRM and I close over $1.1 billion in mortgages with no CRM. Because you have, a team, you have a team too. So I have an incredible a, team. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the thing is, I think you can be simple and you can get shit done. The problem is what most people do. And I used to do this. I used to be so guilty of this. When I told you back in the day, I was the bottom producer. Everything was an excuse as to why I wasn't winning. Oh, I'm not winning because I don't have a CRM. Now we get a CRM. What's the excuse now? Right. Oh, I'm not winning because I need someone to enter the shit into the CRM. Well, why don't you fucking do it yourself? Right. Yeah. And it's like, I used to always make excuses. And I don't do that anymore. And in fact, I embrace my shortcomings like I have with the disorganization piece. Yeah. But then what does that do for me? Like my my biggest shortfall used to be I'm terrible at calculating income, going through tax returns, bank statements and putting income together. I was like, I just can't do it. I could pull deals in all day. But like I just have this mental block that I don't want to do this and I'm not good at it. So rather than making an excuse of it, you find right, someone to do I it. found somebody to do it and exactly. I broke them off. Uh, you know, a wage, a part of my commission. And now I can do 10 times more deals. Yeah. You know, it's not stop making excuses for your shortfalls, embrace them, delegate them and take massive action. Yeah. Oh dude, a hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. That nugget. I, I'm going to have to go through and re-listen this and just write down all the, the one liners you had here, but yeah, a confused a mind doesn't buy. Um, I love that. I'm an enterprise sales, So I sell software, right? It's like fortune 100s. Uh, and I, I talk to like a lot of the, the big banks out here and stuff like that. And uh, you're exactly right. You know, there's like 50 stakeholders with all these deals and it just takes one person who just is going like this, like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. Which will kill the whole six thing. months of yeah. momentum for millions of dollar deal. 
And now you're spending hours and hours on calls. Because they're instilling doubt in everybody else, right? And not even convincing, just unconfusing. When I was at, yeah, when I was at this uh, mastermind, you know, um, I was told you Nick was there, right? And we talked about Sonastasia. Uh, or however, you, I can't even pronounce the last name, but great guy. I love Nick. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sean Whalen, uh, and who's Mark's one of Mark's best friends. Mark, it was Mark's event, Mark Evans. A lot of seven, eight figure, multiple businesses. And the common thread, right, I picked up from Sean and, and Mark talking. They all had one common thread. Tim Bratz, who's a good buddy of mine, I love Tim, owns like 4,000 units, said, Dude, if you can't explain it to me on a whiteboard, um, I ain't interested. So, yeah. like, if if you're yeah. calling me to lend private money, and it's like, I've got this deal, and basically, let me go over the details, right? And you try to break all, no, dude, how much do you need? What's my return? When do I get my money back? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, just, and in, in so, when you start understanding people that play it at, at a higher level, we try to, we overcomplicate things because we think that, that, it's going to help if, Hey, I need a business plan or whatever. This guy was there, had a cigar shop. It's been, I think, I think it was like, I don't know, maybe it was four years, two years. Mark goes, bro, you've been sending me cigars, Bradley cigars, all of us cigars for years. Great cigars. I told you when we talked six months ago, what to do. Did you do it? No. Why? Like why? Right. And he, yeah. well, I have all the costs and I know the, I know how much direct TV, sort of God, he said this, I know how much the, uh, the rent is and the direct TV even, and all the way down to this March, dude, I don't give a fuck about <laughs> a direct TV bill. I just, how much do you, do I need to invest? Um, what am I going to get out of it? And like, and I'll make the decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and I, and so that's good for anyone listening that is trying to sell, uh, we could talk about sales all day. Yeah, there's but, a lot. But but from a sale, everything is sales, right? Yeah. Likeability, heart connection. Um, and I just feel like, you know, it's it, it's so easy, to be honest with you guys. I believe, and I tell my team this all the time, and maybe this is a good belief that I, that I have because I really believe it. I believe it's easier to win now um, in, in anything than ever. I believe that it's easier to build relationships than ever. I believe that it's easier to sell people than ever. Um, but it all starts with what we believe, right? Yeah. So we, if you believe things are a certain way, then again, right? That's how they're going to be for you. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to look in the mirror and they don't want to admit they want to, they would rather act like they're successful instead of do the, yes. do the things that they need to make them successful. And especially now, right on IG, like, dude, you don't know, fuck, you don't know who's really winning Nothing's and real. who's, yeah. and like anyone can show you anything. Yeah. It's wild. And, yeah. and I know some people that, you know, aren't really, but they look like they are right. And it's like, what the heck, man? You and know, it's so funny when you see the opposite, where you see the the people like that really, really have money. They've got five hundred followers. They follow two thousand, or they're, they're not even they, on it. They're, or they're not even on it. Yeah. They drive a freaking you know Kia Forte or a Lexus you know hybrid, and you yeah. look at them, and I'm like, dude, I've seen some of my clients. I kid you not. I think my most wealthy client, we've done collectively about 
23 properties together. I did the mortgages for all of them. The guy's raking in a fortune on Airbnb. And, uh, dude, this guy drives around in a freaking, like, the, the, was it the soul? Do you remember the old commercial with, like, the, yeah, soul, little square. yeah it was like a little square thing. Yeah. This guy drives like an old ass Kia. And I'm like, you know, you could have upgraded the, and he was, just I mean, like, as, a, as a car guy, a car is a car. He's and like, you were talking about this but earlier, he told me, yeah, he was like, yeah. for what? He was like, I roll up. He was like, on my long terms, like, I don't want to roll up in a fucking, in a Lambo or something yeah. to like my, my places in the hood to go collect rent from my tenants. Yeah. He's like, I pull up in my Kia and he was like, I don't, I could buy a nice car, but I don't really want one. I don't well, need look one. At, but look at Thatch, right? Who's a really good buddy of mine. Shout out to Thatch on this. But, um, so Thatch actually, I mean, he's got, you've seen his, I mean, Lambos, uh, Rolls Royce, go, I mean, he's, uh, who knows how many cars that guy has, right? But what's he dressed like when he, most of the time, sweats, right? Mm. Chill, Yeezys, some dunks, yeah. um, like, and all, everything that he wears, he likes. But, but what's he go out in? A freaking Honda. A little, a little, just a little, like, yeah. Honda Accord. Like, I don't, you know, a uh, 2005 Honda or something like that. So he drives a little Honda, a little old Honda Accord around, right? And he gets out, he's in sweats, and he goes up to the door, and he's got a notepad, right? He's not going up in a suit and pulling up in his ghost. No. They're going to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll sell you my house. Give me a million bucks. You can afford it, <laughs> right? Like, that's, a, that's the thing, right? That's true. And so in... Um, in so many times that you're exactly right, man. Like yeah. the wealthiest people, Mike Gal Kristen was in the financial world. And, um, and, and some guys, one of her best friends has become one of my close friends, had very you know beautiful cars, wears a suit, but very humble. But then um, you see other people and you're like, man, that dude's liquid, a hundred million. Holy, I would never, like some, this yeah. other guy, right? It's like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Like, I would have never thought, right? Yeah. And like you said, right? So, and I, but I think there's, there's pluses in, in minuses to both. Yeah. And I think that people just, I think people have to decide like what works for me. You can't try to. Not do it for other people. Do, do the it external for other people. It's, it's the be versus the have, right? Yes. Cause you can go, you can borrow a bunch of money, get a massive loan and you can buy a Lambo, right? You, if you're barely cracking six figures, somebody will sell you a Lamborghini. Right. And you could have it. Right. But being I think what's so different is when you see people who actually are the people who can, you know, to them, buying a Lamborghini is like buying and then a pack you, of Oreos. And then you don't you want know? it. Yeah. Like that's right. a, that's a funny thing. Yeah. I had so many cars over here. I had for red for I had, I had five cars in L.A. And because I, I felt like this is like, I don't know, maybe seven years, six years ago. And I had a I had a Aston Martin convertible, baby blue. Nice. I had a I had a S five hundred. I had a um, uh, an uh, SL uh, five fifty, um, and a Maserati. And here I go, and I I'm like I want a red Ferrari because Albert Preciado had like everyone had one, right? Yeah. I'm like I want one. And so like you just you get caught up in that, and then but then but then when you're when you're at a level. A lot of times where you can actually afford anything even more than you had, you, you don't even want it. Yeah. Like now I'm just like, oh yeah, man, I saw this um, Maybach, man, that'd be, uh, you know, but, but that's actually my next car is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, I want one, but it's duality. Yeah. I'm yeah. a car guy. Well, so I'm going to have a, a yeah. Well, I think the thing car. is also like people need to really focus on prioritization because I yeah. kid you not, bro, the amount of money that him and I spend each on producing the podcast, our own individual pages, running the Instagram account, the TikTok, YouTube, the YouTube, 
I yeah. promise you, and I know for certain, him and I could both be riding around in brand new Lamborghini Urus. Yeah. We could each have one. Yeah. But we we prioritize putting that money into the content because it's something that we love. Yeah. And why would I go and stunt in a Lambo that I really don't give a shit about? I mean, there's certain cars that I would love to have, but we're reprioritizing the money right now into the direction that we feel our spirit is calling us to. And yeah. It's a trade-off, right? Yeah. We could have the, the Urus or we can have these conversations, right? This is this platform allows us to like meet and connect, which is just 10x like everything. Like having yeah. this is, is the, the influx of conversations that we have is, is, is awesome. And that's really what matters at the end of the day. Like you're going is, to man. remember, dude, there were time there were things on this podcast that you said that made me feel like, wow, I'm so grateful to be here in this room. Yeah. When I was with Pat yesterday, I felt the same thing. And every time we have a conversation with somebody, I sit here and I'm like, I don't care if there's five people listening to this or there's five million people listening to this. I'm here. I'm listening to this. I'm experiencing this. And I am so grateful to be here in the room. And the feeling that this gives me outweighs any day whipping in the U.S. Yeah. Down Biscayne. And, and like you said it too, you know, the impact that over the course of the LTV, right? What's the lifetime value of, mm. of this? Maybe someone, see, you know, like that's what people don't think of either. Yeah. It's like, but you're pouring into this. I mean, look at, you know, you know, Ryan Pineda. So yeah. look at where Pineda started, right? I, lo I love Ryan. Uh, and, um, but look at where he started, right? It was only like four years ago, five, it wasn't that long ago. And now it's like, he just produced content, produced content, um, valuable stuff for other people. And Ryan Stuman told me one time, he said, dude, look at any content you make as when I die someday, mm, I have a, wow. I'm leaving a library for my kids, for my kids, kids for like, they'll be able to watch, right. This stuff and be like, oh my God, that was, that's my great grandma. That's my uncle Drew, right? Yeah. Like the Hooper. <laughs> I didn't right? even think of that. That's, that's my, huge. Yeah, that that's huge. My, I got to yeah. stop cursing so much. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Curse more. Um, <laughs> be authentic. But you know, it's authentic, man. Um, uh. But you know, but that's, that's like, and I was, when he said that, I was like, wow, man, that's some enlightened stuff right there because yeah, huge. yeah like who knows, like my son's son will be able to watch this, right? When, when I'm dead and gone and they'll be like, oh man, that was my, that was, that was a guy. I didn't have a get real meet. sense for who you are. You I know? didn't get, yeah. man, I would have loved to meet DJ, you know? And, uh, so yeah, man, I mean, how the, the impact that something like this can have on people yeah. outside of not that you can't have both. I think, you know, there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's a, um, I think you can, I mean, you, you, you can, but it's kind of like, um, if you're in a position to do so for sure, but if you're not, you got to make a choice, right? Yeah. And I really do believe going back to this, that you have to be comfortable stepping out of your comfort zone Yeah. because that's where the most growth happens in every endeavor, in every philosophy and whatever direction that you want to go in life it's so cool because i can trace back to like the decisions that i've made that have really progressed my life and it was always the more uncomfortable one and like i said whether it was self-directed or life-directed because some shit just put me in that direction it the the comfort zone will always keep you in a very in a place that will never satisfy you Mm -hmm. It'll keep you very stagnant. Yeah, you're gonna feel a friction in your soul. It's like we were talking about yesterday, like one one a.m. at night. What's that thing you're thinking about that you want to do? Right, that won't go away until you pursue it. I did want to. We're at an hour and eight minutes. Um, so if we're gonna talk for another hour, we should do another pod. But 
DJ. No, let me. I'll share one more thing. That yeah, I think you have really you have the last people. word, last thought. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll do it, bro. This is something too that that I've learned uh, recently is, you know, our perception. It, we've been touching on it, right? Yeah. But our perception is is everything. So the lens that we see the world through, relationships, friendships, right? The lens we see it through is going to dictate everything in our life. And one thing I want people to hear is that, you know, when a relationship doesn't work out, we were talking about some stuff earlier. Yeah. yeah. When a relationship doesn't work out, when, um, you know, uh, a partnership doesn't work out, when if someone's in a, in a relationship now and that person leaves you, right? Cause they, you're, you know, they, they say you're a loser. You're not, you're not a provider or whatever, right? Anyone that's listening, that's going through something is if you, it's all how you look at it. And I, I want to encourage everyone to look at it this way is if anyone leaves you or, 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 or a relationship breaks, right. Or partnership doesn't work out. And, and, someone abandons you especially people have abandonment issues like i did from mm -hmm. my dad is you've got to change the way you look at it and, and i encourage you to look at it the way that i learned to look at it which is you know what god allowed them to not see my true value because mm -hmm. that relationship wasn't it wasn't my destiny that relationship wasn't god did not allow them to actually see me all the good that i had or appreciate all the good that i brought to a partnership relationship whatever because he didn't want that relationship to last he didn't want me in that relationship long term that wasn't part of my destiny yeah right yeah. and so looking at it that way right is again it's perception now I can, I can be like, yes, that was that I'm glad that that didn't happen. So then, then anything that doesn't work out now you're looking at it as if, Hey man, I'm glad that that didn't happen because that wasn't, God didn't have that in, in a line for my, my future, you know? Right. So, and I think that will help a lot of people to be able to go, Hey man, everything's working for me. Absolutely. And, and even if something doesn't work out. Man, it's in, I, I have a, a gal that I was in love with when I was young and I will not name her, of course, on here. And I showed, my son broke up with his girlfriend a couple years ago. They were together. Yeah. He was devastated for a second. And I, I said, dude, can I help you get over this? Yeah. We're in LA. I said, dude, let's go to Santa Monica, hang. But I'm going to, I taught him a lesson. I said, listen, let me show you this gal. I was devastated when she dumped me, right? And I show him a picture. He was like, oh, shit, right? He yeah. goes, dude, she looks like a linebacker for the Bears. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know. But I said, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like, like, look at look at what God had in store for me, wow. Yeah. right? That I was, I was, I was so like, like, why did this happen and what, right? And, and as soon as that ended, mm. something better was able to, to come along. And so when you, if you just look at life that way and decide, Hey, I'm going to look at things as a benefit to me that, that this is part of my, um, this is what God had in, in store for me. Like yeah. Ed Milet says, the worst thing that anyone can do is get to heaven, have God reveal the person that you were show you this person and you don't recognize them. And you're like, wow. who is that? And you, and he goes, that's the person that I had 
in store for you to be, but you never became that. So like, think about that, right? That's like, that's like some bone chilling stuff right there. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, just looking at things like, Hey, if they don't work, work out, then, then it's supposed to be that way. And then you can let go, you can move on quicker and you can just, you know, just, just a perception, how we perceive anything and decide to, I think, look at things is everything, man. But dude, I appreciate you guys having me, Yeah, bro. Me, man. Thank this you is, for coming on, man. This yeah. So many, so many great words on here. I do. Drew, did you want to follow up on that at all? I, uh, no, man, I loved it all. Yeah. I'm super grateful for you coming on. Um, like I said, I, I knew that you had a lot of great stories and we've only touched base on like a few of them yeah yeah. you've got a lot so (laughs) i would definitely love to do another one where we can talk you know about more going deeper into the relationship aspect and what that looked like how you got through that i think even the relationship or lack thereof with an absentee father yeah something i really want to touch on um so i want to do another episode with you for sure but um in the meantime dude i'm really happy that you came through bro i appreciate you coming and uh before we let you go i want you to tell the people where they could find you yes Um, oh yeah for those of you watching on youtube we appreciate you thank you so much those of you listening on soundcloud apple podcast spotify um we really appreciate you and uh i'd love to connect all of our audience with you yeah yeah just go to yeah the easiest thing you guys yeah the easiest thing is um probably my ig I mean, I'm on all the platforms, IG, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, but the easiest way to connect with me um, is go to my IG, uh, D period, J period, my last name, Thielen, T-H-I-E-L-E-N. And um, and I answer all my own DMs. I don't have a bot. I don't use, uh, you know, I don't get that many. I mean, but um, uh, enough to handle. So I answer all my own DMs. So someone DMs me, uh, you know, or messages me, hey, I'm, I'm having this challenge or, hey, I heard this. It inspired me. Um, like, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm more than happy to connect with you and, but that's the easiest place to find me. That's yep. awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, bro. Well, thank you everyone. Um, we would love everyone here to just join our community long-term, um, reach out to DJ, reach out to us. We appreciate the time you took listening today. Uh, but until the next one, see ya. This is cool.